Welcome to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast. Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Rocco. And this is episode 27 of Destination Linux. Hi, Rob. Hello, Rocco. How's your week been? Well, Rob, my week has been great. Do you know why, Rob? Why is that? Because I find, where's the hallelujah music? We finally got Mandro KDE installed. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Rocco, your life is now complete. It is. It is In, complete. Well, let me let me back up. Your Linux part of your life is now complete. Yeah. A little joke in there, but you get the point. Um, how, how long have you been? I mean, every time we'll talk, and if I'll, I'll say something about Manjaro, you're kind of like, I can tell you're not into the discussion because you haven't been able to get it to install. No, it's it, as I've called it, it's my nemesis. And I didn't do anything different this time. So, and there's a reason why it installed, Rob, because they yes. they updated everything. Well, not everything, but they updated a few things. And one of those things was the Calamari's installer. And I didn't do anything different. I downloaded it. I put it on a USB with DD like I normally do. And I installed it, and it worked flawlessly. So there you go. No hardware change, no nothing, no unplugging nothing. Just It just worked. They did that update because they got tired of Rocco saying, oh, I would love to install Manjaro if... Uh... Just for me. That's, the way, that's why they did the update. No, they didn't really do it for me. But, hey, I benefited from it, so that's all good. Well, and I wonder how many other people you know, benefited as well. I guess it's, uh, you know, to each system there, you've got different configurations. I've never had a problem installing it. It's always been a flawless install, but I'm running an all Intel system. Whether that has anything to do with it or not, I don't know. Well, I'm not uh, I'm not alone in having trouble because I have met a few people that have had the same issues. But there's so many other people that were able to install it without a problem and it just ran. Uh, so it is down. It was down to hardware configuration, something to that effect. But um, it is fixed, and I did get it installed. So if you are one of the people out there that were having trouble with Manjaro installing it, try it now, and it probably will work. Rocco, what's the details on all this? What's the version number and everything now? Well, they just released seventeen point zero point two, so it has the updated installer in it. It has improved hardware detection in it. it has the latest kernel, um, 4.9. Isn't that, but that's not the latest kernel, though, is it? No, we're Four. up to 4.11. Oh, now. I'm sorry. It's the latest LTS kernel. That's what it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, it has the latest Xorg stack, which I'm not too familiar with, but hey, it's important for the system. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that it's there. It's there for a reason. I don't know exactly why it's there, but it's there. And it had it now. The release note says that it has the latest Plasma five, but you know with KDE, you yeah, know, they're releasing things. <laughs> so Tuesday, Plasma five point ten point three came out. So right now it is running five point ten point two because I'm pretty sure Manjaro holds back the updates for a little while to yep. uh, check them out. And that's what you're running is KDE, correct? The KDE version, yes. Yep. yep. I also installed it. Um, Did you? With K- yeah, with KDE, and uh, set it right up. Uh, they've got kind of a nice black theme going on with KDE. Did you? Well, they have that. Did you uh, like that breath? I think it's breath. called that's, breath. That's, theme. that's what it is. Breath. Yeah. 
And it's not my color. Okay, I'm not a green fan, and I've never been a green fan. But it is a very nice theme all across the board. Uh, and they have the GTK theme impl- implanted in there as yeah. well. So it's just all across the board. It looks really nice. If you, you know, you see what they've done with XFCE on their mainstay um, distro there with XFCE. And, and again, you got to like green. You've got to like their shade of green because it's all over the place. But they do, a, I think, a really nice job with their entire theming out of the box. You know, it's just not my taste either as far as the green is concerned. And I felt kind of bad because by the time I finished setting up KDE, I basically took it back to where it just looked like any other KDE. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right away. Well, not right away. I I had debated whether I should do a video right away or wait till I customized it. And I was going to, but I decided to heck with it. I'm going to just customize it the way I want it. And I put the uh, breeze dark theme right on. So, yeah. So, so far, so good. So far, so good. I had two uh, graphic resets while I was using it, and it had something to do with the panel and the. I was playing it, you know, because I've been been excited about the uh, output changing of the defaults. Mm-hmm. So I was playing around with that, and I had two crashes while I was playing around with that. Yeah. So eh, you know, I mean, but other than that, I mean, the system, and that had nothing to do with Manjaro. That was probably you know just plasma acting up as it yeah. usually does. Um, mm. But other than that, I haven't had any problems with it. The only thing that I would say that I would go in and kind of change there, I guess, would be uh, Octopi. I'm just I nah, I prefer Pac-Man over Octopi. Well. Octopi is not my thing. It's a great installer. It's a great software management program. It n- never has crashed on me ever using it. It's just not my thing. It's just the way it goes about things. It's so yeah. I would uh, that I haven't done it yet, but I will be removing Octopi and installing Paymax. So yeah, yeah, Paymax, yeah, Paymax or. What's I get confused on those. So you've got Pamac and then you've got Pac-Man. Well, Pac-Man, I guess, is the back end. Is the back end for, yeah. And okay. Paymac is the uh, graphical part of it. Right, right. But they updated the graphical package manager. So I take it that's Octopi that they did. Um, enhancement and, and improvements to the Manjaro tools and profiles. And a few other things, themes and styles. But the big thing was the Calmaris installer being updated for certain hardware so that was definitely an awesome thing i was like so excited you know for it's been so long since i've been trying it um and then i finally got it installed it was great well i would suggest or uh, i won't challenge but i'd suggest yeah that you try xfce or i'm sorry manjaro proper with xfce now that you can do the install now that I can do the install, I might. I did. Well, what happened was the last time I tried, I got XFC installed finally, the XFC version of it, and then I installed KDE. Okay. While okay. I was in there, so on top of it. But I probably want to just take a look at XFC version because that's their flagship one. Oh, I'm going to get us way off path here, Rocco. Do I'm it. sorry. I know we got a lot of news to cover, but... Dude, there is something about using XFCE that once you start to get into it, 
you appreciate the simplicity and the configurability to a point where everything else, including KDE, feels a little bit sluggish. And I can't really, it's hard for me to put into words, but, you know, okay, so now I'm using GNOME. I was using KDE for a while. And on both cases, I am like internally rationalizing why I need to go back to XFCE. And I cannot explain it, Rocco. (laughs) I cannot explain it beyond that. So well, that's why I'm kind of wanting my buddy Rocco to jump wow. in with the XFCE proper on Manjaro. Now that you can. You said it wasn't a challenge, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. I'm just I'm just like because I can't again, I can't explain it. And and then when you when you start talking about XFCE, you know, on your channel or whatever. I've never seen so many XFCE fans just pop in and go, man, it's great. I'm glad you commented on this because it's so fantastic, and here's why. Well, and I know this is completely off subject, but still, I just... That's because that's because nobody uses it, Rob, and nobody talks <laughs> about it, so they have... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. No, oh, XFCE... All hate, really, ma- all hate mail goes to rock. I'm telling you. No, XFCE is a great desktop environment. It's just, if I'm going to use it, it has to have, like the perfect theme on it like from what i remember when i installed manjaro xfce it had a pretty good it it blended well together so you could use that but for me if i went to change it that's where it starts to go haywire and that's kind of the same way with kde really um kde the the breeze default theme is great but when you start customizing the themes and then you having to go find GTK themes that match and everything, that's where it starts to go a little bit haywire. So there's nothing wrong with XFCE. Yeah. Well, here's what I would also throw into that. If you, uh, all right. So if you, if you're not digging Manjaro XFCE, the other one that I would recommend that you try where it's really, I think set up very nice out of the box is Linux mint XFCE. Yeah, I should probably try Linux Mint. I really should. I I really should install it and run it for a little while. I just, it's kind of like the same situation with XFCE where I just feel like I'm in, when I'm running Linux Mint, I just feel like I'm in that box. You know what I mean? Like that paradigm of that box of this is the way you do it. There's no, like when I'm running GNOME or I can you know, I have my panel at the top and that's where I, now I can change Linux Mint to put the panel at the top. But what I'm saying is when you use it out of the box, when you're, you just feel like, okay, I'm supposed to use this, this way. I'm supposed to use this program for this thing. And well, maybe someday. Well, let me know. Just let me know if you, you start to do it. I mean, I just be, you know, and I hate to even, because we try so many different desktop environments and so many distros and, and what I'm experiencing with it may be totally different from what you're experiencing with it. It's just that a lot of times though, we have discovered things Now we haven't even discussed them, but the next time we talk and we're catching up, all of a sudden you'll say, Hey, I've been doing this, Rob, and using this. And I'm like, man, so have I. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're together. And it's like, we realize that we both discovered something. And that's why I'm just kind of, we got Manjaro KD both installed and neither of us talked about it (laughs) to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, the, the Manjaro KDE was running at 
500 megabytes of RAM, I think it was, which is oh. awesome for my system. I mean, usually any any desktop environment that I'm running, I'm running one and a half to two gigabytes, maybe up to three sometimes. Yep. And I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. It felt very peppy on my system as well, man. I mean, it just, everything just was almost instant. So I think they've done a really nice job there with it. Well, the last thing about Manjaro here is they had a weakness, Rob, a password weakness in their installer before the updates. So if you installed Manjaro by Thus or Calamari's before the latest update, you may have a weaker password hash than you should. So I'm not a password hash expert, but Mm -hmm. uh, it is important, and you should probably change your password with the um, password utility so that it can be updated with a new, stronger hash because it was using a predictable salt. Okay, let's use regular terms. It was being predictable when it was encrypting your password. Okay, so (laughs) you should update your password with the new new password, well, with the password utility, or, you know, if you're going to install Manjaro from this point on, it'll be changed in the installer. Yeah, yep. Well, Rocco, uh, are you a big proponent of the GNOME Activities Overview? I am, Rob. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm running as my daily driver still. <laughs> well, thanks to G Overview, now you can kind of set that up. It's a, a manual install, and you've got to do a little configuration, but you could set that up for KDE Plasma. That looks like a that looks like something that KDE's needed for a long time. Um, yeah, I, yeah I agree. you can set things up in KDE to be similar, but to have something that is really similar to GNOME, a lot that's what brings a lot of people to GNOME or keeps a lot of people is the actual yeah. workflow of that activities part of it. So that would be a great thing, although it is not for like anybody you do have to install it manually Uh, there's a little work involved a little work involved and and not just installing it i mean when you configure it you have to configure it through the terminal and stuff like that so it's like you have to really want it you have to (laughs) (laughs) i'll just wait i'll just wait till it comes out (laughs) like like a gui or something but after you've gone through all the efforts, the nice thing is, is you can you can assign it to a keyboard command as well. So that makes it once you get there, then yep. you just got one keystroke and you're, you know, bam, you get that activities type pop up. Same as hitting the meta key and getting it in GNOME. That's right. You might that's even right. feel like you're on a GNOME system. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, be, that's right. And for some of you, that's not a good thought. We understand that. Yes, yeah, some people would like to flush it down the toilet, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. Oh my goodness. All right, Rob. So with all of the, you know, old canonical news about uh Unity dying and the future of Mir was in question, um Martin Wimpress has been putting out some Google Plus posts and talking about how Mate, the developers of Mate and the Mir developers have been kind of talking or in mm-hmm. talks about migrating uh, Mir into Mate. Now, I'm not, you know, familiar with all the details. Maybe Martin would come on the show and tell us all the details sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. But uh, so migrating to Wayland is something that Mate is going to have to do at some point. 
So this would make it kind of easier so they wouldn't have to like do everything in the back end if they used Mirror. Yeah. But yep. it's just something to, uh, I guess, they're working on. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Rocco, uh, you and I both are fans of Ubuntu Mate. And, you know, one of the big aspects of that distro is really, and for people who have experienced this the first time, is the software boutique. Yep. Um, the first time you see that, um, or the first time I saw it, I said, this is the way it should be done, especially for um, new or first-time Linux users. It just is a, a very nice way to get your software, to obtain your software, to find out about software, and to install it. And so there's uh, an upcoming update. Upcoming update. That's yes. just like, that's redundant. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, for the software boutique, and the big news here is support for snaps for the first time. Yep. Well, the software boutique is something that, you know, it's not one of those uh, software centers that has everything in it. It has like what they call the best of the best of the software in it. So if you're looking for the best of programs for a certain task, that's what it has in it. And the support for snaps, it goes, I guess they use PPAs right now to yeah. add the software. And eventually, I would assume that you wouldn't need to use a PPA at all in the back end there. You could just, and you would lose the, you know, like every once in a while, a uh, when they do like the point releases for 1704, 1710, some of the right. PPAs don't get updated for a while. So they end up dropping some of the software that's in the... Um, repository in the software boutique. So maybe that will help with that. Absolutely. And they're working on a more robust queuing system and uh, fetch. They want to fetch the curated collection from an external database. So they go on to say that this will be securely downloaded and cached on your computer as opposed to being stored within the package itself so that the updates to the apps will happen quicker. So that's good. Uh, it's going to support theming. And so it will adapt colors to your current theme. And I think that's an excellent move because, you know, as you start getting into theming more and more, uh, sometimes you can get, <laughs> not calling out anybody here, Rocco, but sometimes <laughs> you can get kind of obsessed about what works within the theme and what doesn't. I'm just saying. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Rob. What's the big deal here? Now, well, the the theming support is good. Like I had said about even other welcome screens, like the uh, I had talked about the Budgie welcome screen, uh, and that has all of it's based on where there's no theming in it. It's it's hard coded in there to have that theme but that's what they need because like when you run ubuntu mate and then you have the software boutique it's not just for when you like first install the system i open it up like when i run Mate, i open it up all the time so now that i've changed my theme to a completely uh blue uh, blue and black theme (laughs) now i have ubuntu mate or the software boutique army green army green with the with the brown i'm like well this doesn't look right (laughs) so (laughs) And it's the same way with the uh, budgie welcome screen where it doesn't allow you to change the theme. And that's also going to um, have an effect on people. Because if I remember correctly, didn't Martin say that uh, 
he was working on adding themes to the center, to the welcome yes. center, or to the yes. software boutique. So you yep. could change your theme right there. So you more or less have to have a software boutique that will adapt to that. Otherwise, it will look out of place. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's definitely a good move there. So definitely look forward to that. And for me, that would be a reason almost just to, well, and you can get the software boutique without uh, installing Ubuntu Mate, but um, that would be, I think, a good enough reason for a distro hop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So they go on to say it's not really ready for, um, well, let me, let me jump back here. Uh, So, Beyond the theming support, they're going to offer the ability to search and or search the archive and snaps. And uh, then you'll also have community members uh, can leave reviews and comments. So that's which, cool. Which will be helpful in deciding, you know, which which one you're going to go with, because there are certain yeah. software in there that you have choices, you know, like that's the browsers. Right. You have a couple of browsers, There's no best browser. Yeah, but right. you do. But for people to be able to leave in reviews and comments, it would be helpful. Yeah. And they go on to say it's not ready for prime time yet, but they're getting there. So look forward to it. Looks pretty good. Yep. Well, keeping with the update theme, Rob. Okay. KD Plasma 5.10.3. <laughs> and, you know, one of the best things about this is it fixes a bug that has plagued my system particularly mm. uh, and I'm sure well obviously many many others but my system in particular the suspend issue yeah every time I would go into suspend with KDE it I would come back and it would be a black screen or yep. it would be all messed up and this 5.10.3 fixes this now I don't know how long standing this has been but it says a long standing Nvidia <laughs> suspend issue yeah well, I've had it, uh, and I don't have an NVIDIA system, and I've had issues, not only suspend issues, but for a while there, they had issues with just shutting down. And, you know, you could get the timer, but you'd, you'd hit go ahead and shut down to bypass waiting, you know, for the timer countdown. Right. And it would sit there and sit. Now, they fixed that a while back, but they had issues there, I think, and, and not just for NVIDIA. I think they just had issues there in general. Right. So, well, um, they... I mean, they fixed it, and that's basically the update. I mean, they put a few other things in it, like uh, mm-hmm. there's a couple minor other tweaks, but I'm not going to go through them all. But the biggest issue is uh, the suspend issue is fixed, which is so great. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because uh, that's one of those things, Rob, that will make a system unusable, in my opinion. Oh, because I agree. I use suspend quite often during the day, and maybe it doesn't affect other people because maybe you don't use suspend or... Right. But for me, that's a big deal. So yeah, Rocco, how many emails would you say you've sent out in four years? Um, wow, I never thought I about that, Rob. Never thought about it. I know. <laughs> Holy mackerel! But it's fair to say thousands. I'm sure it's fair to say thousands. Yes. Now, do you ever like? Do you have anything set up for encryption or anything like that? I do not. No. Well, for those of you over the last four years who did, and if you used K-Mail, so I'm talking to seven to ten people out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for those seven, wait, seven to ten people, probably one percent is listening to this podcast, so that's one person. For the one yeah, person so out there. <laughs> 
So we're talking to that one listener out there, but no. So K-Mail's had some issues where it was supposed to be encrypted, but it was actually sent in just plain text. It wasn't encrypted, apparently. For four Four years. years. Yeah. Really, man? Like, okay, but this is stuff. This is, this is, goes back to the bigger picture of this happening in other places and in other ways. Can you imagine, like, this stuff that we don't realize, maybe a bug here, a bug there? Yeah. But seriously, you're, you're thinking you're sending encrypted emails and it's going out in plain text and you don't know? I mean, like, I mean, obviously you, you don't know because it's no. a bug. But what I'm saying is, you're expecting it to be encrypted. You're expecting it to be somewhat private. I mean, it's being encrypted for crying out loud. And it's been in plain text all this time. So breaking news, Rocco, you heard it here first on Destination Linux. Yeah. Hillary Clinton's emails hacked by <laughs> Russians because the person responsible for all of her email thought they were sending it encrypted through K-mail. And guess what? It was all plain text. The Russians work was made easy. Yes, you heard it here first on Destination Linux. So the moral of the story is Hillary shouldn't have been using K-Mail? Or? She shouldn't have been using K-Mail. That's right. That's right. I used to send her messages all the time. You should be using XFCE and go with uh, Evolution. It's the, it's the way to go, Hillary. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Poor lady. Sorry. <laughs> well, I won't say that, but anyway, not getting political. <laughs> <laughs> no hey yeah let's let's skip that i don't have any what's my mother used to tell me okay if you don't have anything nice to say don't don't say anything at all accentuate the positive accentuate the positive that's right so we better move on man <laughs> okay. we better move on um do you have an intel skylake processor or a kb lake processor uh no i don't darn it good that's good though <laughs> so because debian they just released stretch but debian revealed that some of the processors have hyper threading in them that is broken which uh, is very bad dude which is very bad very so if you've experienced unexplained hiccups um, or data corruption, you could be subject to this problem. And it's because the chips are malfunctioning. And this is very bad, man. You could be, we could be doing an, an hour podcast and all of a sudden, boom, everything well, goes wrong. Yeah. And you could also be like pulling your hair out because you're trying to figure out what's going on, thinking that it's something else. Yep. And, you know, and this is not just related to Linux, Rob. This is on Windows. This is on right. Mac. This is a hardware issue. So it's been found on certain Skylake and KB Lake processors. And we'll put a link in the show notes so that you can check to see if your processor has been affected. But it's funny because um, they have a, a test to see if your processor is affected by it. And I'm thinking to myself, what happens if you run that test? Like, does it actually... Go into error mode. And <laughs> it's like I don't know. Um, I would be afraid. I don't have a, either of those type of processors. So, Do you uh, get a big pop up that says, "We recently saw where you tested your system, and now you are hosed"? <laughs> Pretty much, that's what it says. <laughs> well, kind of down that uh, pipe of uh, of uh, issues here in the news. Uh, there's a new System D vulnerability that affects Ubuntu 17.04 and Ubuntu 16.10, and they're saying in bold print, update now. So they um, Canonical has 
informed its users that the updated system D packages uh, from Yakety Yak and Zesty Zappas uh, that uh, uh, they have patched the issue, but they want you to update. So it appears to affect the system D resolve component, which could uh, allow a remote attacker to crash system D or crash the system D daemon. Basically it's uh, denial of service, right? Or, or they could run malicious programs. Um, so unpatched, machines uh should be updated right away basically well it just goes to show you that keeping your system updated is important even on a linux machine yeah Um, because every operating system out there has issues some have more than others (laughs) (laughs) but um uh even on a linux machine you should keep your system updated yeah. Now they just go on to point out this includes any of the official derivatives. So we're talking Kubuntu, Lubuntu, Zubuntu, uh, Ubuntu Mate, GNOME, Ubuntu GNOME, and uh, Kylan, um, which is their what is that for the Chinese? Yeah, that's uh, it's. I don't. It's not. Is it Kylan? It's Chillin. That's what it is. Kill, chillin. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, that sounds yeah much cooler. Chilling is much cooler than Kylan. Um, but also to include Ubuntu Studio and Server and Cloud. So, well, get on that, people. Get keep on it that. updated for crying out loud. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. Well, Rob, there's an announcement from System76. So they want their own thing, dude. They want yeah. their own thing. They want their own distro. Yeah. And they call it Pop OS. Yeah. And there I have not seen an article that has come out or not not an article. I have not seen a news item come out with more back and forth <laughs> love it or hate it comments than 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 this. This is like one of the most talked about com- commented on news items that I've seen since Canonical, you know, is switching away from Unity. It's big news, man. It's not, it really shouldn't be that no. big of news. I mean, it's no. it's great that I think that they're trying to have you know their brand name brand recognition in uh, an Ubuntu based distro, but it shouldn't be so. But there's a lot of people that have some really either way you either way you look at it. Usually people are on one side or the other, but they're very very uh, hardcore on whatever side they're on. And man, some of the hate comments. I don't know, man. <laughs> Rocco, we could for the rest of the show, we could good cop, bad cop this for the rest of the show. I jumped in early as soon as I saw the uh, release. I jumped in early to the comments, and there were already like seventy six comments. I, I have no. There's probably three hundred and seventy six comments by now. But yeah, and you're right. They were. Uh, what are you doing? Why waste your time with this? To oh, I think this is terrific. You know, so. Uh, what are your thoughts there? I mean, without us getting into a long discussion, because like I say, we could good cop, bad cop it for the rest of the show. Well, look, I think that the idea, the argument is they don't need to write, they don't need to make their own distro. They're all they're doing is taking Ubuntu and putting uh, their theme on it. And it's ridiculous. You could be using those resources to help the community and everything. But number one, they're, they're a company that, is making money. Okay. They want their brand recognition out there, which I'm okay with. 
I mean, mm-hmm. I don't care if they have a, I don't have anything against them because they want a pop OS or a system 76 specific distribution. Um, but people are very, very, and a lot of it is Linux users that have been in the community for a long time. People that have used Linux for multiple years are looking at it from the standpoint of it's just another distro. It's just another fork with a theme on it. And yeah, it may be sort of like that. But if I'm a company that is selling hardware and I want uh, my distro on that system, I want it to be what I want it to be. And I have no problem myself personally with them making Pop! OS. I think it's a great idea for them. They're going to put their theme on it. They're going to put their take on it. And who knows how far it goes. They might put their specific extensions they want on it. Um, And I don't know. I just think that it's I don't have a problem with it. All along that lines, most other people have a problem with it. I don't. I don't have a problem with it either. And the perspective that I would approach it from is uh, there are people who uh, maybe for the first time are exploring Linux. They want an alternative to, you know, whatever they're using, Mac, Windows. Um, and let's say they discover System76 and they go there and they like what they see and they decide to make a purchase knowing that this is coming with, you know, the pop OS on it. And that experience for them is a good experience. Okay. Because system 76, I assume is going to take the time to make sure that this is set up and consistent and, you know, that they've done a good job on it. I haven't seen it. I haven't used it. My understanding is, is we could both download it and load it up already that I think there's a link to the distro. Yep. Um, but my, my point being, if that whole process from the purchase to the hardware to the OS is a good experience for that user and they happen to like that theme, that's a good positive thing. It's positive for the company because, you know, they're, uh, they're selling a product and they get it out there and it's a good experience for the user. So that's good. And I think it's also good for the Linux community because now you have another user with a positive experience. Well, look, there's people that are coming to Linux. There's a lot of more people, new users coming to Linux and not every one of them want to customize things. They want to, you know, open up their system or turn on their system and have it look good the the way it is out of the box. There's something to be said for that. So you can make the argument that this is just a themed Ubuntu, but when you have a system that you can install, use, and it looks great out of the box and you don't have to customize it, there are a lot of people that will be attracted to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't customize on Mac. Well, okay. I may be a little bit, I guess, but you don't customize on Mac and you surely can't customize on Windows. Um, except the title bar color. You can change that. Other than that. Or you got to buy something that allows you to go in, really. <laughs> right. Yeah. But to be able to uh, buy something and use it is what newer users are going to do. Okay. And I think some of the people that have been in the community, the Linux community, have forgotten what it's like to be a new user where – yeah, some of the the draw to Linux is that you can make it your own. You can customize it to do whatever it is that you want it to do. But part of that is having a system that works and looks good out of the box, and that will draw in even more people. 
Yeah. Now, there are people listening right now, Rocco, who will take our statements and they could rip them to shreds and say, but this and that and this and that and this and that. All I would say is what is negative about System 76 taking Ubuntu and a base and putting their own theme or whatever on it and selling that on their products? What is negative about that versus what could potentially be positive about that? Well, I'm going to lean always towards the the positive. I mean, I think we're both this way. Our glasses are half full, you know, not half empty. And uh, well, look, you're going to have arguments on both sides. And without beating a dead horse. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Well, I'm going to continue to beat the horse for just a second. Okay. Hey, there's our there's our uh, show title beating the horse <laughs> ah, we can't put that out people will have the animal rights activists all oh, over us yeah, we'll have PETA we'll have PETA breathing right. down our necks but okay I, I, so I had this conversation I was talking to um, a lady at, at my church who um, known for years and she was sitting there with her phone complaining and I said uh, do you use Android or Apple you know do you have an Apple device and she says I think it's Android. And so I'm looking at her phone and it's, it's Android. And, um, I said, well, do you, uh, you know, do a lot of custom things to your phone? And she looked at me really strange, like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> and she, you know, she did goes on to her, say, did you ask her, did you flash a ROM lately? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, do you, you know, like, do you add a lot of apps? She was just complaining about how it's slow and things like that. And she says, I, I don't know. She says, I just, I get the phone and whatever's on here is what I use. And I don't even want to be bothered with having to install anything. And she goes, and, and my husband's always wanting to do this to it or do that to it. And she goes, I just want to use it. You know, I've got three or four things on here that if it's on here, I'm good. And I mean, she was passionate about explaining to me how, like, don't even change where I've got this icon, which is where it was when I turned the phone on when I bought it kind of thing, you know. And that's and, what that's what it's for. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that side. There are people there who just leave it alone. Just this is the way it came. This is the way I use it. And this is the way I want to use it. You know? Well, the other thing too, is you get to see how other people use their system as well. And maybe not so much with the theming, but like with the phone itself, you know, different companies, LG, Samsung, they all have their own launchers, their own way of doing things. And when I get something, I usually like to use it the way it is out of the box just to see how other people do it because they may be doing something better or I may like the way they're doing it. So now I will install Nova launcher and, you know, on Android and customize things later, but I always like to look at what's in there by default. And sometimes it's not so good and I change it. And sometimes I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool the way that does that. So I think there is a place for uh, system 76 new, operating system because people will there are certain people out there that want to just turn it on and use it and like i said they are a business and there's nothing wrong with them having a a pop os distro if they want it that's one of the good things about linux you made some good points <clears throat> try xfce rocco and i think you know we'll move on from there and <laughs> well this releases i guess it is uh, by default october 19th so this will be on all their laptops and desktops for those that want it. 
Yep. Yep. I don't think it's a bad move at all. So, um, well, are you going to try Pop! OS? I probably am going to download it and try it. It'll probably be my most hated video ever made. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. So Rocco, supercomputers, man, they're everywhere. You know, there was the time when there were like four or five supercomputers in the world and they filled up rooms. You know, you're talking about ones bigger than mine, right? That's right. Bigger than your supercomputer. That's right. Um, but so Linux is running like over 500 supercomputers now, man. Well, look, everybody talks about Linux, uh, or I should say there's a big push in the Linux community lately about talking and more openly about where Linux is running. And it's everywhere. It is, it is everywhere, and people don't realize it. But 99% of the fastest computers in the world are running Linux. That's huge. That is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And something that nobody, that's not a fact that gets thrown out there and, you know, you don't see it often. But it's something that should come to the top when you're talking to somebody or maybe when you're talking to somebody you know about Linux. And, you know, because a lot of people still have that stigma of, well, you know, oh, that's that command line thing, right? That's that's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. So there is a, a something to be said to use all of these little facts here and there to talk to people about it and help them understand that uh, Linux is a lot more places than they think. I can't use Linux. Oh, really? Why not? I don't have a beard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but, no, that is awesome. And I think you're right. That's um if you have the opportunity to talk with someone about Linux and they're like, you know, want to know more or whatever. And you, I mean, that's a very nice statistic to have. And I want to plug the Linux is everywhere again, because I'm waiting on my t-shirt. It's shipped. <laughs> so I've got one on the way and I'm going to, I was hoping it was ready for this episode, but maybe next episode I'll get to wear it. Linux is everywhere. T-shirts and apparel. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I, I, well, it was on a timed thing, so I didn't realize that till I yeah. went and placed my order. So it may be too late, but maybe <clears throat> it's going to be available again soon. So, well, Rob, I got yes. shocking news, dude. Shocking, shocking. Okay, I'm ready. I'm sitting down. <laughs> Google reads your emails. What? <laughs> Google reads your emails, but they're not going to do it anymore, Rob. So they say they—they're not going to do it anymore. They don't. Okay. They don't need to. I don't they, know why they've they, already got all they, the information they got everything they need you need on the hundreds. <laughs> that's right. We're going to stop. Yeah, that's exactly what happened, Rocco. I didn't think about that, man, but you just said it. They're like, okay, we've collected data on 450 million users. I think we have enough. We can stop now. Well, they have everything from, I mean, the, you know, obviously Android, Chrome, they have all of this right. data. They don't really need to scan your emails. Yeah. I don't know why, the, I don't know what the point of stopping, but there is an article out, uh, according to the Google blog, that they're going to stop scanning emails on Gmail for the advertisement purposes they specifically state so that maybe not stopping scanning the emails they're just not going to blast you with advertisements from your emails or perhaps it's that reading as you type on your phone takes less system resources from the google verse 
And right. they just decided that's an easier way to collect all your data. Or or the microphone from the phone. Or, or the microphone. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they have everything they need. They don't really it's, need to scan. Scanning email is old school, Rob. That's old school. That's right. We Takes don't. too much resources. <laughs> that's right. So let's just let's announce it and make it look really like it's in our favor. We're doing you a favor as the user. And, uh, well, they are. They're doing us a favor because they say that the Google uh, G Suite never scanned emails. So if you had the G Suite, it I guess that's the paid version of Gmail. It is. Yeah. It so is. if you had that, it didn't scan your emails, which I don't know why. If you would, I guess. Because you were paying. I guess. But either way, they're putting it in line with the G Suite where they're not going to scan emails anymore on the free version. Well, let me back up to that, too, on the G Suite side of things. So they're after the corporate market there, okay? Right. Uh, they're, they were going after Microsoft primarily, uh, focusing in on that. that is, is it any good? Chunk of the, yeah, it's good. It's good. I think Microsoft, personally, I think that's where Microsoft does a better job. Um, anyway, that aside... Uh, let's think about it from that perspective. So if you're Corporation A, big Corporation A, and you're sending back back and forth all of this information, uh, communicating, sharing all of this information about proprietary products or anything like that, Rocco, and you find out that the company you're paying to handle all of that is scanning that information, yep. that's a lawsuit big time in the waiting right there. Mm, so. I guess it is. Yes. Well, you don't have to worry worry no more. Gmail That's will no right. longer scan. That's right. That's a good thing. So some uh gaming news, man. Look, the biggest gaming news on the planet right now, Rob, is the Steam Summer Sale is on. <laughs> Excuse me. Did you partake in that at all? Or did you just say, nah, not this year? Well, I have to say that I did Michael Tanell, I was talking to him. Uh, producer Michael and he was telling me about Rocket League and he said Rocket League is one of those games where it's just stupid I mean the concept is stupid you're playing soccer with a car and it's ridiculous but it's insanely fun kind of like Angry Birds at a scaled down level. It's like what? <laughs> Pretty much, you're you're shooting birds to <laughs> knock down buildings. Anyway, because of the Steam Summer Sale, um, Rocket League was down half price, so I figured I would try it out. And you splurged. I splurged that eleven ninety nine. <laughs> And I did buy it. And I have to say, man, it is one of the most fun games I've played in a long time. I mean, this is something that I did not expect anything from. I honestly expected to buy the game and possibly even return it. Because with this, with when you buy games with Steam within 24 hours of purchase, you can re- return it for a full refund. Yeah. So I expected that that would be the case. And I got to playing it, and it is absolutely awesome, dude. You are, it is, you are, you have uh, one versus one, two versus two, three, three v three, and four v four. No, it's not one versus one. It's two v two, two, three, three, and four, four. Okay? okay. And you play a match, and you're just basically driving around, jumping with a car, hitting a soccer ball all the way through. But they make it so, like, it's kind of like, a cross between arcadish and yet awesome graphics. 
Yeah. So you have the feel of an arcade game, but you have the awesome graphics to go with it. And it was awesome. I mean, it was challenging that when they put you in a game, they put you in with your skill level. So that's good. You know, yeah. you're not playing somebody that's been playing for three years and can do aerial attacks and all this other stuff. You're playing with people of your skill level and I was just driving around acting like a maniac and hitting the ball. And <laughs> to be honest with you, I haven't yet scored a goal yet, <laughs> but I was having so much fun playing it. It didn't matter. Just getting there, huh? Just getting there. And, uh, well, if you're well, in the market for it, I would definitely recommend it. Well, I haven't played it, but um, Linux Gamer, mm-hmm. I was on his channel, and I watched, I think he had a couple videos. I watched those videos numerous times. I had fun just watching the videos. Uh, but you're right, the graphics are really, really nice for the type of game. I mean, you could dumb the graphics down because they wouldn't really matter that much. They wouldn't. But it's 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 really a, a fun-looking game. I'm going to have to. I may have to jump in on that one, buddy. Uh, and this is a game where you can jump in. Okay, you gradually, when you start out, you're terrible. Okay, I'm terrible. <laughs> this is the way it is. But you gradually pick up things here and there. and But it was still fun, even though I was terrible. That was, I guess, my take from it. Yeah. Well, they're do- Steam is doing something right because they've sold over 35 million games in this summer sale. Now, that's big numbers. Well, I would say, look, Rob, the numbers actually is 35,654,679. But after Rocket League, it was 680 because I purchased after this article came out. (laughs) (laughs) I was reading in a forum, too, some discussion, uh, actually on another channel as well, uh, talking about Xbox and their new announcements and everything, and how the future of gaming is, is changing. And in this forum, um, the guy was talking about, you know, we, we don't see it yet, but you take a look at what Steam is doing, and then you're going to take companies like Microsoft and other big-name companies who are going to put behind the efforts to, to kind of make sure that that is the direction that gaming heads in the future. Now, whether you do that through Steam boxes that you buy for the cheap, kind of like the old printer theory where you buy the you buy the printer for eighty nine bucks because they want you hooked on the ink. ink cartridges. That's where they make their money. Yep. So that's the business model. And you think about it: if you've got this dedicated Steam box, let's say that's powerful and can run the latest graphics, and they make it easy, they can sell that for dirt cheap because they're going to get you hooked. <laughs> it's all uh, about the games and the uh, you know the subscription plans that they have, the downloadable yeah. content. So it's not you don't buy just you don't just buy a game anymore, like right. you buy the game and then there's <clears throat> excuse me there's the downloadable content and the, or the season pass. So everything yeah. that comes out in that season you can download for free, but you pay this pretty much the same amount you pay for the game. You're paying double. Yeah, yeah. But according to the website, Rob, the average price for each game is five dollars and sixty seven cents. Wow. So the average discount is fifty nine, over fifty nine percent. But let me—I'm not a mathematician, but five dollars and sixty-seven cents by thirty-five million. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a lot of dough, man. That's a lot of dough, man. They should open a bakery. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a lot of dough. Well, one of my favorite 
uh, games of all time has been updated with a new Linux client and that is unreal tournament. And if I had the hours back in my life that I used playing unreal tournament Rocco, I'd be a much younger dude sitting here. (laughs) I never ever got into unreal tournament. I just, I guess I was playing other games at the time, but, uh, they do have a new Linux client, which is awesome. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But there's so much news coming out, dude. Like, Callsax 3 is now available for Linux. Um, Eight Micro Machines just launched uh, yesterday. Uh, We're recording Friday. So yesterday and Linux from day one. Yep. Yep. And uh, Standalone Modern Warfare Remastered confirmed. Yep. So So you had to buy uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare to get the modern warfare remastered, you had to buy the actual the deluxe right. version. Well, right. now they're going to release modern warfare as a standalone game. So it's first going to come out for PlayStation and then PC later, but it's going to be like forty bucks, dude, just to buy this remastered game of the original game that you played before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong; it was one of the best Call of Duties that came out. It was oh, probably uh, one of my. It was either that or World at War. Both of yeah. them were my two favorite yeah. uh, Call of Duties. The amount of money made off of just that one title, and they're still making money and figuring out ways to continue to make money off of that. But you're right. I mean, well, all right. So this is kind of a deeper discussion, but. So often you hear people say, I still run Windows for gaming. We've talked about that time and time and time again. Do you foresee where Steam or some other company like Steam can just get it so right one day that that just becomes a non-issue? I don't know, to be honest with you. I would like to say that, yes, someday there will be a day where they'll get it right. But it more or less depends on... Even though we've done, we, even though the Linux community has done so much to gain progress on gaming and Vulkan updates and all of this stuff, we're still not there yet. There's still a long way to go. I don't know if that day or when that day will come when gaming will be just as popular or um, just as available on Linux as it is on Windows. I'm hoping someday that that happens, but um, the more and more it goes along, you know, like I will hate to go back to Rocket League, but Rocket League is available for Linux, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) The more and more we get these good titles, the more you will have people like there are different types of gamers. Okay, so you have gamers that are into just only one or two AAA titles. Like, say you're into Battlefield and that's your thing and you're into... Well, you're probably not going to use Linux or you're going to dual boot and you're always going to do that. Right. But there are also them casual gamers that don't need to play specific games. They just like to play uh, a certain game to relax. So that's where I think that the market is that we need to go for because you have games like Rocket League, like all of these new ones coming out, like Cost X3, all of Unreal Tournament. That's the driving force that we need to gain those casual gamers who are not into specific games. Right. And that may 
tip them over to actually say, you know what, I don't need that. I don't need to keep Windows for that one game I hardly play when I have a multitude of games I can play on Linux. So, and that may tip the scales towards Linux and the whole gaming thing. But as far oh, as being available... And allow it to expand yes. is what you're saying then. Okay. Well, because the more you have, it's just a snowball effect. The more games you have, the more people you have, the more money you sell games on Linux. People are willing to buy games on Linux. And I don't understand the, the company's idea that people are not willing to pay. I, I think it, Linux and you know free go together, people think, and yeah. oh, well, it has to be yeah. free. People are willing to pay for a game if it runs on Linux. And it's okay for those of you listening. It's okay that if you want to pay for a software or a game in Linux, that's okay. <laughs> it it's, is okay right, to pay. It. <laughs> it is okay to do. So, um, well, okay. So I've got this, uh, you know, the uh, NVIDIA Shield products. Are you familiar with those? I don't have one, uh, but I know of them. So, well, I've got the NVIDIA Shield TV, so it's you, you hook it up, you plug it into your TV, and you can run you know, Netflix and, and everything else uh, as far as streaming your media and everything. Right. But they've got their own gaming division, of course. It's NVIDIA, of mm. course. Why would you not? Right. And they've got these really surprising games on there that run on this super slim NVIDIA Shield TV box. And the one I ordered came with the wireless remote. You know, it looks like an Xbox remote. Right. And it is surprising how good some of those games are, Rocco. It really is eye-opening. And when you stop and you think about that business model, because, again, there's subscription involved. The games are not overly priced. They have sales going on all the time where you could jump in and get a really top NVIDIA Shield title for 9 bucks. Right. You know, and... You know, this is a long step away from the days where you got PC Gamer Magazine. It came and you read about the article and they had all these glossy pictures and you read it, every word of, of everything about the game. And then when it finally released, you went down and hoped that there was a title left and it was 65 bucks. And it was made of paper that came from the most pristine trees in the world because it had to be because it was embossed with this glossy <laughs> sheen. And and you got it out and you installed it. And then you found out later that, okay, there's a 400 meg download that you've got to download on your 56K modem, by the way, yep. for this game to run. <laughs> you know. Well, is that anything like, is the NVIDIA Shield anything like the Steam Link? Uh, you know? Well, I don't... I think it's probably close. I, I just haven't, I don't know much about the Steam Link to tell you. Uh, well, but, from what I understand, the Steam Link is you can um, have you use your computer to link your computer to your TV as far as like the, playing the game itself. Okay. Um, okay. But the just so you know, during the summer sale, Steam Link and Steam Controllers are on sale at Amazon. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> Well, then I would say maybe they're not. It's, it's a different setup because everything is processed through the NVIDIA Shield TV, so you're not okay. connecting it to your computer. Right. So then those are going to be different. But I highly recommend if you're – okay, so like if you've got a Roku box or something like that and maybe the Roku has failed on you and you or you wanted to upgrade, I would highly recommend taking a look at the NVIDIA Shield TV because, number one, it's a great streaming device. 
um, it's it's been really nice. The updates have come frequently, and it's powerful enough to play some really fun games. So if you get it with the remote, um, and it's super slim, it's just been. So and it's then, not a console. Well, it's not a full fledged console. It's more like a glorified Roku with a with a video chip in it. You know, surprisingly, it's an NVIDIA chip. Right. Uh, surprisingly. <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> but you can you can put Cody on there. Um, nice. You know, USB USB ports, SD card drive, uh, micro SD card drive. So you could do a lot with that uh, to add to the storage and everything. So uh, I just never know. looked into it because I don't have a TV. So. Oh, okay. Okay, there you go. I mean, there's a TV downstairs, but I don't watch it. You know what I mean? Like, right. we don't have cable, so I don't watch TV. So, yeah, you know what? You'd be surprised how many people are the same now. They just they don't have cable. Everything comes paying, through. I can't see paying for cable, dude. That I would not ever watch. I mean, yeah. you paying how much for 486 channels of? <laughs> you may watch one. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah, just absolutely. a little side note. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, are we uh, coming up on the YouTube corner? We are coming up on the YouTube corner, and I'm trying to. Oh, there it is. I'm trying to find the email. <clears throat> so Peter, and that's just where I'm going to leave the name because I'm not even going to try to pronounce any r- the rest of the name. We don't want to mispronounce it, but Peter, you know who you are. Yes, Peter. Uh, sent us an email and he said, "I thought you may appreciate and even agree with the comments Joe Collins makes in this video." So thank you for your own contributions to educating us about Linux. I really enjoy them. Okay, so this video links to a video that Joe Collins from YouTube made. And he originally posted this post on his Facebook, Easy Linux Facebook. And it talks about the title is Accentuate the Positive. And it's an open letter to the Linux community where it talks about people coming. There's a lot of people coming to Linux. and. Yep. Linux in in general has taken a, not in general, um, some people in the community have taken a downturn in their openness and maybe their not-so-family-friendly stuff. And just their overall not being positive about the community. And he goes, I'm not going to, you know, obviously not going to read the whole article. Uh, We will leave it in the show notes so that you can read it yourself. But what do you think, Rob? Well, I think, Peter, you brought up an excellent point. Number one is trying to keep things positive. And, you know, you can't always do that because there are just some things that are going on in any given interest that you have um, that are not going to be all positive. But primarily, I think if we were to step back and go into some of the community forums and be involved with some of the people that are you know, strong proponents of Linux, there seems like there was a, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? It seems like there was a trend towards uh, people that just didn't have patience with new users. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Um, That's a positive way to put it. That's a positive way to put it. And, And you've heard that, and I've heard that, through our own respective YouTube channels. We've heard that comment uh, come in uh, through Destination Linux. Um, And we've seen that through new users, even in the Telegram group where people say, hey, 
that they appreciate how people are helpful and positive where the first time maybe they tried or attempted to come into Linux. Uh, the first go around was not extremely positive. In fact, it was negative where they would get comments like, go read the fact, you know, don't ask that question here. You know, yep. um, how dare you ask me how to type this into the terminal, go read for yourself. <laughs> so, so, so that, Sometimes I think people are surprised that there are a lot of helpful, friendly people in the GNU Linux community. You know, we're not all uh, trying to come down on you for asking a question, you know, and that's kind of my roundabout take. Well, Joe goes on to talk about in this article how, you know, different reasons why people don't use Linux. And, you know, he mentions about uh gaming and he says i hear a lot of yammering about gaming well um some people don't use linux because of that well, right but that's like i said that goes back to what we were talking about before the more um casual gaming that we have on the computer um, the more casual gamers we have on the computer on linux uh the more that trend will kind of fade it'll just start to fade away so you know, another thing he talks about is audio and video production. So he talks about it. It's not, you know, people will say it's not as good on Linux as it is in Mac. Well, I'm a firm believer in using what works best for you. So if Mac works best for you, then that's what you should probably use. If, dare I say it, <clears throat> Windows works best for you, then that's what you should probably use. Although I would want you to use Linux you know, sure, I want everybody to use Linux, but there are certain things, and I I will be the first to admit, hey, Battlefield One doesn't play on Linux, so you know, hey, I got to use Windows as a dual boot thing if I want to play Battlefield One. Doesn't mean I hate Linux. I just I have to use what's best for my situation. So uh, he goes on to talk about the games and whatnot, but yeah, I, we'll post well, it so you can read it. Well, I share his sentiment. And I think you share his sentiment in that he would love to see everyone using Linux. And uh, that's for me somewhat of a selfish sentiment because the more for me, not not for Peter and, and not for you, but for me, because the more my philosophy is the more people we have using Linux, the greater the number of Linux users, then the greater the chances are that the A tier software companies out there are going to stand up and take notice and offer more a tier products. Now I'm not saying that to say that we only have B tier products. I have discovered software within Linux that does a better job than anything I've ever tried at a specific function or job as far as software is concerned. And I know you have as well. Yep. So I'm not saying that we have all B tier or C tier software available to us, but let's face it, there's Adobe out there. There are products out there that people use for work. People use uh, because that's what they learned, and they're the most productive with that. Yep. Um, Pro tools. So for me, yeah, yeah. So besides just the gaming. So, um, yeah, we would all love to see that, I think, I think deep down. Um, but no, no, I can't say that. I bet you there's somebody right now <laughs> saying, no, I want it to be exclusive. I'm proud to be a Linux user and I don't want every, I don't want everyone using Linux. Stay away. Right. You know, 
So, well, another thing he goes on to talk about is more and more, as he put it, rough language. And he says, "No, I'm not a prude, but I endeavor to keep my content content family friendly, so you can watch my videos with the kids in the room and not worry about them hearing something off color. That's called good taste, and." That's what we strive to do here as well, is to yeah. have it be family friendly so that you don't have to, you know, put on the headphones if you want to listen to the podcast. That's kind of ridiculous in my opinion, but to That's each right. his own. I mean, everybody does their own thing. Everybody has their own way of going about things, but that's not yeah. something that we want to have here. No, but, you know, you're, you're certainly free to express whatever you're explaining, however you want. But you're right. That was when we first decided to start the podcast. We decided that, hey, we want to be um, safe for work. Safe for work. So, safe for work. That's right. Well, Joe, if you're listening out there, we'd love to talk to you about this, about this whole discussion, uh, because yeah. it's not just about one thing. It's about a couple things. And uh, we'd love to have you on. So if you're listening, let us know. That's right. uh, Long lost cousin Rob Collins inviting Joe Collins. You know, I get <laughs> how many how, how many times have you got that question? I get that question all the time. Are you and Joe related? You know, and uh, when I first started Linux Quest, I didn't re- think we sounded anything alike. But of course, I've watched Joe Collins a lot. You yep. know, I've uh, man, I'd like to have a dollar for every one of his videos. I'd watch. Uh, I'd go buy some games right uh, <laughs> on the Steam but, Summer uh, Sale. Yeah, Steam Summer so. But yeah, I used to get that question, "Hey, are you guys related?" and that kind of thing and I don't we've never chatted that I can recall. Uh you know, I've posted comments and things on his channel before, of course. But yeah, we'd love to have you, Joe. Um man, you've got so much insight and everything and um you know, Rocco, I'm sure you've watched Joe's content. I've watched years, it for so. a long time, man. Long time. Yeah. He's one of the one of the first ones that I started watching, so. Yep. Yep. And he keeps it positive accentuate the positive that's right that's right all right man well i think that is all we have for today so that brings us where that brings us to the end of our destination Rob. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. we have reached we have reached our, our final destination final destination for this week it's anyway. like a star trek episode we have reached our final destination Starlog. No. Starlog. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. Darn it, Jim. I'm a Linux user, not a doctor. <laughs> All right, man. Um, it's been fun. All right. Enjoyed it as always, Rocco. And oh, yeah. We can't forget. What? What are we All forgetting? of our, our Patreon Oh, my gosh. And- what are you doing, Rob? I know um, I'm losing it. I'm it's losing all it. your fault. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we thank the Patreon supporters that have already supported us, and you can find all of the links that you need at destinationlinux.org, and to for the Patreon for the uh, videos, the audio, the RSS feed, and the all important Telegram group, which is growing as usual. And it is some of the people in there. You have such a mix of people that have, you know, little experience, some experience. And there's some people in there that have way more experience than I even want to think about. Oh, my gosh. Years and years of it. And so the thing about it is they're all pretty much super friendly. Yes. Anybody can walk into that group and start talking and have a conversation. And you don't feel like you're, you know, not invited. So. Right. 
That's right. It's awesome. Last time I looked, it was up to 78 members. 79. Just saying. All right. All right. That's awesome. that's like peanuts to the other Telegram groups, but still, 79. <laughs> but it's quality, not quantity. That's right, Rob. See? <laughs> Accentuating the positive. <laughs> All right. Well, we better wrap it up, Rocco. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Happy 4th of July here in the U.S. We celebrate our independence yep. with the 4th of July. So uh, happy fourth, buddy! Are you doing anything? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna probably hit the beach with uh, you know a multitude of other people. Uh, being here in North Carolina, we can hit the coast and explore some of the beautiful North Carolina beaches. And chances are, I'll have a hamburger or hot dog or two as well. Uh, so. Hamburger looks like it'll be in my future. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy fourth! You guys enjoy. All right, it was awesome. We'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast.